Well, <laughs> welcome to my first episode, maybe episode one of one, one of five, or who knows, 500. It's November 6, 2020. Uh, that's about all you're going to get out of me to set the stage. This is going to be an anonymous uh, podcast. I'll, I'll go through the goal of not only today's episode, but really what we're looking to do over what might be an extended period of time. I, uh, I've been asked by a number of people I know, and then even recently a, a number of people that I do not know, uh, to provide some clarity on what's going on in, in the United States right now. And, you know, if, if you know today's date, you know it's been three days since our presidential and election, and of course numerous other elections involving the Senate, the House, and a number of state regulations, and, and it's been total chaos politically and even culturally in the last few days. And of course, the last few years, you had a pandemic into the mix, and, and we've got a serious problem, and we've got a terrible, uh, terrible issue with disinformation and just with a poor poor organization of the information coming from what is known as cable news and, and, and really just about any any um, corporate source of media, it, it's, a call, complete, it's falling apart. If there's anything good coming out of this election and how the results were published and shared is that I do believe it is the end of the 24-hour news cycle as we know it. It's not going away. It'll always be there. But the average American now distrusts the media as much or more than I pretty much always have. And you're going to see that as part of what I'll refer to as the postmodern era. I, I knew something major was going to happen after the, this election, regardless of who won. And in the back of my mind, I was worried it was going to be close. And I knew regardless of who was declared the winner, if it was close, there was going to be a tremendous legal battle that ended up in the Supreme Court. And, and that is certainly going to happen. Um, in this episode, um, you know, it's it's titled, It Will Get Worse Before It Gets Better, <laughs> meaning it will, hopefully not for very long, but we'll talk about where the elections are now, and, and I'll give you what I expect is going to happen. Just some background, and you're not going to get much. Um, I will be um, you know, not sharing a great deal about my identity, but I'm a regular guy with a pretty, pretty strong um, government background as far as what I've studied, what I've experienced, and you know, I'm, I'm someone who would identify myself, identify myself as conservative, but I do enjoy debate and I do always look for news sources that do not affirm what I believe. I constantly want to challenge what I believe. I've adjusted and changed some of my quote, air quote here, beliefs over the last few years. And so um, don't make any assumptions based on one, uh, one stance I take and assume that my stance will be something on another issue because it won't be. And I, hopefully I surprise you. I'm always curious. And as I build this, this podcast, I will have an email address for, uh, for listeners to ask questions, to make comments, to really do whatever you want. I am a, if I'm anything, I am a staunch believer in free speech. And I think in our current cancel culture environment, free speech is uh, threatened and that is the reason why I will be completely anonymous um, during this podcast. There will be people that think they recognize my voice. They'll try to identify me. And at no point will I ever um, confirm 
that I'm doing this because of cancel culture. And it's not because I'm conservative. That used to be the biggest risk in the cancel culture circle. Now everybody's at risk. They, they require you believe a specific set of ideals. They require your total alignment. And if you stray or if you disagree or even how you disagree is not to their liking, they will try to destroy you personally and professionally. And you can, you can Google hundreds of examples. You've heard about them. And their entire industry is now built on helping and supporting cancel culture. And it's pathetic. And I am completely against it. And so, um, and we'll talk about it in another episode. We'll, we'll examine that because I, I don't think most people know how dangerous it is. Uh, you know, they talk about political correctness, but that, that has evolved are actually mutated into what cancel culture is. It's much, much worse than just what we knew political correctness to be. Uh, But today we're going to focus on the election, and we're going to talk about Article 2 a little bit. It's not a legal show. I'm not going to go too much into detail, but it's relevant to any of the lawsuits that come from Pennsylvania uh, to the Supreme Court. They'll all end up there, and we'll talk about why. Uh, We'll talk about the future of universal mail-in. That's a controversial topic, has been for a while, and this was probably the largest failed experiment uh, of universal mail-in just because of COVID and it was universal mail-in was relied upon. And I do understand that it it, it does make sense on the surface, but as it is, it clearly doesn't work. Um, Does election fraud matter? Of course it does. We'll talk about that, but really when I ask, does it matter? Will it change the result, right? I mean, you, you have a difficult case to make throwing out an entire election based on specific instances of fraud. Um, will there be unrest? Yeah, we'll talk about that and, and what I think it'll look like. And, and like most lemons, the, some lemonade will come out of it. And I think that's the goal, or that's the hope here, is that uh, when we get through all of this, we'll have some real positive changes that benefit everyone. And of course, if there's time, you know, I'm, I'm looking to keep these around 30 minutes, but we can chat a little bit about the state of COVID-19 if you haven't already forgotten about it. I don't say that even with the slightest bit of tongue in cheek. I mean, it's just not being talked about. If you take CNN, for example, they would post about COVID-19 anywhere from seven to 10 times a day on their Facebook page. And I'm assuming on their website. Um, Now it's about one. So it's a priority issue. Obviously, the election's uh, dominating the news cycle. But I find it interesting because the pandemic on November 2nd was described as, you know, by most of the media as the number one worst thing happening, regardless of any good news coming out or any context that they chose not to provide. And now it's a totally different story. And I think a lot of us predicted that it's certainly not gone and it is still a problem. I mean, look at look at our lives right now, but we might chat a little about the current state because it's, it's interesting. So getting into the election, um, as of me um, going to the office and starting this, uh, Joe Biden took a lead a lead that I think will um, end up um, winning him the presidency today, right? So November 6th, Joe Biden, by most of the media outlets, will be declared um, the new president based on 270 electoral votes. He'll receive an excess amount of that um, with Pennsylvania. In, In Pennsylvania, if you look at how the votes were tabulated, all of the large population areas like Pittsburgh and, of course, Philadelphia, Philadelphia County, we're coming in last. That has raised some suspicions. There's nothing I've seen evidence-wise to tell me 
that those ballots are fraudulent. And it's just one of those things, and I think that needs reform in how these ballots are 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 now dumped, and and uh, you know released in these giant bulk bulk masses, and they're coming from different areas, and you have areas that are um, heavily favored Democrat. I mean, you, you look at some of these counties, Joe Biden's receiving close to 80% of the vote. So you know when there are a couple hundred thousand or even 50,000 votes outstanding from these regions, and then you look that Donald Trump has a 6,000 vote lead, you, you know that Joe Biden's going to pass. And he did, and I don't think that lead is going to evaporate. So Pennsylvania is all he needs, um, along with Nevada and then now Georgia, which is going to a recount. I think it's going to be one of a number of recounts, but focusing on Pennsylvania, that's going to be um, the one that puts Biden over the top um, with with Georgia or Nevada. And I do think Georgia is going to be, by the time you're probably hearing this, Georgia will be called for Joe Biden. They can do that even though an election, or I'm sorry, a uh, recount is automatically triggered based on the ridiculously small margin Biden won by. It's really incredible. Now in Georgia, there are, as of this podcast, there are some outstanding absentee ballots that are due today. And I find it interesting. And I think this is going to be very relevant in the Supreme Court that these absentee ballots in one state must be received by a certain day. But yet the mail-in ballots that are not from the military. So these absentee ballots that are coming in from overseas and from the military have until today. And if they're not received by, I think, 8 p.m. Eastern today, they won't be counted. So it doesn't matter if they came from Afghanistan, from Germany. If it's not in today, it won't be counted. But you have in other states, um, state Supreme Courts and um, uh, the, the Democratic National Committee and local Democratic parties arguing that there should be votes received by mail and accepted up to some of the arguments were 9, 10, 11, two weeks, you know, 14 days after the election. And Pennsylvania's uh, state court settled on three. So today, per the law of the land, uh, Pennsylvania can keep counting votes they receive. And the problem is if you've seen some of these videos with postal workers and the shady business there, I mean, received, what does that mean? And that case had gone to the Supreme Court a few a few weeks ago, if I recall. I know it went. I don't know when. And because Amy Coney Barrett hadn't been seated yet, it was a four to four ruling. And so the federal court took jurisdiction and ordered that all of these new ballots coming in after the election are separated. I don't know. I believe they're being counted. So that's going to be relevant. How many of those? My guess is when it goes back to the Supreme Court, ACB will side with the conservative side. And that's what it is, right? It'll be five to four. And those ballots that arrived after Election Day will be thrown out. Again, will it matter? Will it be enough to cut into what I think is going to be an extensive margin for Joe Biden? So my thought is no. So, But they'll get thrown out. Then the margin remaining will matter. And these fraud accusations that do need evidence, and there will be legal cases with some evidence, how much we don't know, you're going to see a really interesting fight over maintaining the legality or proving the illegality of a number of votes, particularly in Philadelphia, in what is known as Philadelphia County. That's those same legal cases are going to be um, relevant in Michigan and also Nevada. Nevada, there's definitely a case um, calling out over 10,000 ballots that are allegedly from individuals who no longer reside in Nevada. Now, there are specific laws. You don't have to live in a state 
to vote in that election. It has to be, you know, each, I think each state is different, but I know there's like a 30 day, again, this isn't a legal show, but I know there's a time limit and, and I'll, um, I'll answer some of those questions if it becomes relevant. I mean, there's so many ways this can go. I did a little bit of research, but I'm trying to see what really matters. You know, what, what does someone who wants to know enough or a little bit more than enough? And, and that's really the goal of this, this podcast. And so I do know that the Nevada 10,000 ballot tranche, um, there's a group of 10,000 plus ballots that will be challenged in court. And with all of these cases, what you will see is quite a few state, um, you know, uh, Supreme Court and state, you know, federal districts and, and all these courts are going to rule against the Trump campaign. It, it's it, especially if they're in Democrat areas. None of that matters because it's all then going to be taken to the Supreme Court. They just have to follow follow the process. So expect uh, Pennsylvania for sure. Um, Michigan, um, you know, I, I have not seen anything from Wisconsin. There's going to be a recount. That one is requested by the Trump team. Uh, it's a tall order. It, it's impossible that the Wisconsin recount ends up in favor for Trump just based on a recount. What they're looking for is a re-canvassing, essentially a look at every ballot. And, and, and it is an opportunity for um, their people to look at, look for any fraud. Um, the, you know, the only reason I think there might be something in these elections, or I mean, in the fraud accusation is the, uh, some of these ballot releases, these dumps, had 100% um, votes for Joe Biden. And, and the one that really jumps out is 138,000 in Michigan. And it was at, it was overnight. So you had people going to um, going to bed and you know, at three in the morning, 138,000 votes hit the Democrat side. Now, were those sorted and just, you know, part of one big massive group and they were sorted Democrats, released those then Republican? Possibly, it's just a really bad, um, bad look, terrible way to do it. Because, you know, if you're watching Arizona, and we'll talk about Arizona, Maricopa County releases all of the, the votes counted, and then a breakdown, this much for Biden, this much for Trump. That's the way it really should be, um, just from a public relations standpoint. And so you can't say it's fraudulent, but why are there almost 140,000 votes for Joe Biden dumped into the system overnight? And of course, what does it do? It flips the leader. So again, it just looks really bad. You go from Trump being ahead to Biden being ahead. And so you've caused pandemonium over that. And then around that, you've got all these other issues in states. And then we jump to Georgia, which again, because Fulton County has just a lot of votes to count and a lot of mail-in ballots, they didn't count them, you know, in the beginning. So they were these, they were the last ones to get counted. So you watch this bang, bang hit to, you know, if you're, if you voted for Trump, you're watching the lead just evaporate when on election night, most of the prediction models had Trump winning with a 90% chance. And so um, it, it, it's again, going back to how the media portrays and reports this, how they share information. We have no other option. We are absolutely beholden to them. And it doesn't ever matter if they're wrong. They're never held accountable. They don't print retractions for television. And if they do it in a newspaper, we know it's buried, as the cliche says, on page six, but it's true. It never is accountability. They just move on. And as Rush Limbaugh calls them, they're the drive-by media. And a lot of people on the left, I think, ignored it. I'm hoping more of them are seeing that this really hurts everyone. And if you talk to people that do believe in something, whether it's called a deep state, the Illuminati, I'm not there yet, but I am curious as to how 
often we're all pitted against each other because God forbid for them, if we ever aligned and asked the question, what in the hell is going on? We demand answers. If you imagine thousands and thousands of united people, regardless of their political beliefs, marching to Washington and asking WTF and not leaving, they would crap. And that's what they don't want. And it's just interesting how we're constantly split. It's a lot better to divide us and focus us on, on each other than have us align and, and start looking at them. And I'm, I'm hoping that's what happens after this. Um, but what you have right now with all these votes coming in is you have pandemonium, right? And if you know Donald Trump, you're, you're not going to get a concession speech out of him before Christmas. I mean, if there are this many cases being filed, then all of them are going to be settled before you have uh, him deliver a concession speech. And so you're, they're going to the Supreme Court and you're gonna hear a lot about electors. Um, that would be a first time uh, and um, that I know of where the election just gets basically nullified by the Supreme Court if there's enough fraud and it would have to be widespread. It would have to be RICO level, right? Conspiracy level stuff going on in each of these states. I, I do believe they're gonna find it I'm going to guess they're going to be something really bad found in Philadelphia. Now, that's because there are documented cases and, and convictions in Philadelphia for massive election fraud, shady stuff. It, it, this was recent. We're talking this year. And so what I do invite is the end of the Philadelphia corruption machine. And you might see it with this, with a legal case, because we're not talking about a bunch of votes getting thrown out for sure. We're just talking about putting the light of day on people that didn't expect it. And they've been doing things the way they've been doing for a long time. And this situation is their worst nightmare, not because it's going to change the election, but because it's going to give them the scrutiny they never imagined. And that might be the case in other in other areas. But um, I'm, I'm going to be real surprised if federal convictions don't come out of what they find in Philly. And make no mistake, these are federal violations when you start um, manipulating, making changes or blocking access or doing anything with a, with a presidential election. That's the one thing people I think don't realize. It's like being in Washington, D.C. and rioting or causing property damage versus being in Virginia. Anything you do in Washington, D.C. of that nature is a federal crime. And so you've got some videos and things that are, are, are going to be uh, prosecuted. There's not going to be some nice settlement. We look the other way. This is the one where I think some entitled election workers, supervisors, um, that nature, I think some people are going to be in trouble and, and they deserve it, you know, because this has gone on for a long time. No one has cared. No one has cared at that level, the local level. It seemed too small. Now you're talking about conspiracy level stuff. Not that they're all working with each other, but you're just talking about this widespread um, examples of, you know, things that are, are not big, right? They're not going to, what I've seen is not going to affect the election yet. I'm just talking about instances that will lead to crimes being um, prosecuted. And I, I agree with it because this is just what we know of. And when you make an example of these people, it's going to cause the problem in other, in other uh, states and in other districts. And that's what we want. We want all of this going away. We want fair, equitable elections. We want every vote to count, but let's be real. Not every ballot can be counted, right? Ballots that are dropped off with bad signatures that have been mailed to someone else, that those aren't votes. They're just not, okay? It's not, you don't have a driver's license just because you make one, right? I mean, you know, just because you change the picture of one you found, it's a vote if it's legal. 
And I think the mail-in votes have a pretty good process of verifying legality and they they register your vote for, I don't know what the term is, but you can go online and see it just like you can any of your votes. And I think they, they take it seriously. It's really just the chain of custody issue, right? You've got all these ballots going out and when they come back, there's just a window for for fraud. There's just more of an opportunity and they need to fix that. Um, so will will all this fraud matter? I don't know. I mean, if you're if you're on the right and you're hoping for a win, just know that it's going to be the ugliest and most damaging win possible. Because if it does, if it is bad, and the Supreme Court rules that there is just a just the election was completely um, botched and there was intent to deceive and there's just um, votes being thrown out all over the country. I think there's a 1% chance, very small chance that they actually rule to go to the electors and, and essentially each state has them. It's not Congress. It's not, um, it's based on legis- the state legislators and the governors. I haven't gotten into details yet. If that becomes a real possibility, I'll, I'll nerd out on it and spend a few minutes. But what I do know is it favors the Republicans. So these electors would be then expected to select the president. They would select and assign electoral votes. And if they all stayed within party lines, it would go to Donald Trump. Now, just imagine what that would do. So Joe Biden declared the president of the United States on the surface with all votes being counted that were seen to be legal on election day or election week now, which is something that I hope we never have again, um, is the president of the United States due to be inaugurated in January 2021. And then in the next 45 days, through the legal process that changes because now everybody's vote is nullified and it goes to the electors in each state and those favor Republicans and Donald Trump's named the president. You haven't seen anything until you see what that episode looks like. So beware of what you hope for, right? Be careful what you wish for that. That really, really applies here because um, in my gut, I don't know if it's worth it for, for Republicans. They did really well on election night they're unless they completely flub it, they're going to win the house in two years. I mean, they did incredibly well in the house when no one thought they would. Uh, looks like they'll hold the Senate, and you then try pushing Donald Trump in. I mean, fair or unfair? I mean, people call him a dictator. The Supreme Court is going to going to lose a lot of people right now. I mean, there's just you know, there's no belief in the media. There's really no no um, faith in the government. Um, And then now you've got the Supreme Court. And if they're forced to rule on it, they're going to have to rule on it based on the Constitution. But, um, you know, John Roberts is definitely not going to support that. You know, he he's coined a conservative, but he is not interested in being involved in any political decisions. And that's the watch out, because if he influences like a, you know, ACB or an Alito, then they're not going to do it. Right. I mean, if they think the world's going to burn, they're going to selectively rule to make sure that there's some precedent to keep some things um, or to improve some things. But I don't see it happening. I do see a recount in a number of these states, and I will be curious to see how much fraud is uncovered. There will be some. Who knows how much? Um, you know, of course, the Trump campaign is claiming there's a lot. And then, of course, their opponents and the press are saying, well, where's the evidence? I don't know what they're going to show to the public before they actually file, right? So, you know, they're, I don't, again, I'm not a lawyer. I probably will ask somebody I know to weigh in on this if this podcast gets any legs in the next couple of weeks, because I'm going to do a number of episodes. And if we start getting into, you know, a couple hundred, 300 listeners, 
I'll have somebody come on and break it down and provide a 10, 15 minute, you know, uh, clarification. Cause that's what this is all about. So we'll see, but, um, you know, <laughs> they, they're, they're in for a hell of an end of 2020 in the Supreme court because they're going to, they're going to have to rule on some things and um, who knows where it's going to go. And, and then while that's going on, there's going to be more recounts. And I mean, it, it, again, I, I've mentioned before, it's going to be until December at least. Um, so does, will the fraud matter? Who knows? There's going to be unrest between now and then um, I'm real curious today, tomorrow, um, how, Trump supporters are going to respond. There's always been examples of fights and these things, but you know, I'm not here to blow smoke. I, I do look at all of the the videos and everything. It, the The Trump side, you know, for all of their faults, you know, and I'm, I voted for him, and I'll stand by it. And maybe I'll do an episode explaining the policies and the business reason because all of the personal emotional things for me are a wash. I mean, in politics, I just don't have a lot of faith in the character of the individuals running for the office, really, um, based on what we already know about both candidates. It's like, which side is going to have a moral authority here? I don't think either. But, um, you know, the uh, the Trump side is going to be tested. I hope that they, you know, stand the line, protest, and actually make them peaceful and not tongue-in-cheek. Um, you know, there are people within these groups that go just to agitate. That's human nature. There are people that are mentally ill. I've seen it on the left. I've seen it on the right. And hopefully they're policed by their own people. And that has happened recently um, where someone threw something in Phoenix and the the, the group supporting Trump uh, ensured that that person was stopped. And, and we need to do that. If you're going to be there, you're going to protest. Emotions are going to run high. I wouldn't recommend being anywhere near it. I don't like to be around in, you know, open carry <laughs> situations when there are emotions running high. And, and that's certainly the case in Arizona. I've seen a lot of video so far so good, but you've got Alex Jones there with a megaphone. So, you know, um, be, just keep that in mind. It's not worth it. We, we all have loved ones, friends, and families that, that need us. And, you know, I, I think, I think keeping a cool, <laughs> cool demeanor and, and just watching and, you know, keeping the faith and knowing that things are going to be okay. They're going to get better after we get through this um, time of confusion and, and high emotion. So don't, don't sweat. Don't sweat what's going on in these local areas. Who knows what the, again, we're all beholden to the 24 seven news cycle and they're going to show you what they want you to see. And that changes per channel. What you see on MSNBC is going to be different than what you see on Fox, but you're literally seeing the same event. So why are they different? Well, they're different because they're filtered by their producers who have their personal beliefs and they're going to tell you what you need to know. And so your news is what they, what they process and what they prioritize. So keep that in mind and, and, and just, you know, try to see as many sources as you can and understand that it's going to get better. Um, but that's, you know, that's the breakdown I have. I mean, again, to summarize, you're going to see vote counts um, from Pennsylvania and Georgia finalized today. I anticipate they will go for Biden. Biden will be named president by a number of news outlets, I believe by tonight, by the evening of November 6th, at the latest November 7th. What will be interesting is Arizona. So to, to really uh, close that out, Arizona is going to have their final vote count should be done today. It's dragged on. It's been ridiculous. They clearly don't have enough people counting and, and ta- um, you know tallying these votes. They're all coming out of Maricopa County, and Trump will cut into the lead. Last I looked, it was about 40,000 for Biden with over 300,000 votes outstanding. 
that lead will decrease. And there are projections, if you run certain models, that Trump will overtake and be declared winner in Arizona. Uh, right now, that's not relevant to the overall electoral college count. Even with Arizona, Trump has to maintain Pennsylvania and Georgia and, of course, North Carolina, which looks better for him. But right now, he's not going to win Pennsylvania or Georgia, which is a big, not a huge surprise. A few people I, I watch and follow were sure it was going to be close. And so it was seen as a big win after he won Florida on election night. And you saw Georgia projecting 90%. It was like, wow, this, this could be momentum for him. And then here we are. All of a sudden, all that evaporates. Midnight vote drops. Again, we don't know if it was shady. We just know that the way they counted and released it is stupid. It's just a dumb way to do it. Uh, in any election, let alone one during a pandemic that I think uh, is, has never been more emotional and tumultuous. I mean, this is just crazy how they did it. So you had that go down. So now Georgia and Pennsylvania, Biden has passed Trump. He's got more votes, regardless of how close it is. Based on the votes outstanding as of right now on November 6th, but, uh, Trump cannot get, get the game, the lead back. The only thought in Georgia is a number of military absentee ballots that have to arrive today. I, I don't know. It, it, it seems like a long shot. But what I do know is all of these votes, you look at the total number, that those numbers are going to change on both sides. There are going to be votes thrown out in the recount, recanvassing process in the lawsuits, going back to how much will it matter? We'll see. Um, but again, today's going to be a big one. I'll probably, um, if there's an update, I'll do another podcast tonight. And I do appreciate you guys uh, giving this a run. This was my first one, not only the first one for this podcast, my first podcast ever. So um, again, uh, thanks for tuning in to uh, Excellence in Podcasting. I, I will be sharing this on a number of, uh, of platforms, uh, namely uh, iTunes Podcasting. So look for it there and share with your friends. And, and once the email's up on the podcast, please give me some, uh, some feedback, criticism. Let me know what you think. And of course, requests for topics, um, anything around po politics or culture. So again, appreciate your, your time, your listening, and look forward to uh, talking to you guys again soon. Take care.